0: All right. Thank you, David, for leading us in that time of singing and praise. What a wonderful way to get started in this new year by worshiping the Lord, by making Jesus the priority, the chief cornerstone, the foundation of our lives for living this year. So this will be our first message of the year, and we will be completing our study of the book of Exodus that we began last year. But before we get back into that, I wanted to take the opportunity this morning, since it's the first Sunday of the new year, to share what our ministry theme will be for 2021. Now, it was the great American theologian, Mike Tyson, who once said, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. I think it probably goes without saying that we were all punched in the mouth in the year 2020. Many of us had plans on how our life was going to go and what we were going to do and who we were going to do it with. I know certainly for myself, for the life of our church, for our ministries, had completely different plans from what actually unfolded during the year of 2020. But as we've had time to process the events of COVID and government response and the election cycle and uh, riots and uh, racial tensions and all kinds of other things. If you think about it, it really is mind-boggling what we all went through as a country and a culture this last year. But I think it's important that we keep the main thing the main thing. You see, for many people out there, it might be the case that 2020 has completely undermined their meaning and purpose in life. But for followers of Jesus, that cannot have happened. For followers of Jesus, the mission has not changed. Our meaning, our purpose, our calling has not changed. And so I think it's important that while we're all scrambling, thinking about what's my opinion on this and what's going on in the news and what's this person doing over there and what are they doing over there and what are we going to do? I think it's important that we go back to step one, that we go back to the most basic fundamental calling of the Christian, and that is to know Jesus as the king of the kingdom, to receive the seed of the word of God, and to make sure that we sow the seeds of the word of God in 2021. And so our ministry te- excuse me, our ministry theme for 2021 is going to be SOW, S-O-W. And that stands for share the seed of God's word, offer your gifts and talents for God's kingdom, And W, worship the Lord consistently and fervently. So again, 2021, ministry theme, sow, S-O-W, share the seed of God's word, offer your gifts and talents for God's kingdom, worship the Lord consistently and fervently. Now, for me, the thing that the Lord's been putting on my heart for the last couple of months, again, is just this theme of, of sowing, sowing the seeds. And we talked about this a little bit about um, a week ago when we were going through the Psalms and we were talking about those who go forth sowing with tears will rejoice. They will come forward rejoicing. And we talked about how sometimes in the sowing process, you don't see fruit for your labor. As a matter of fact, you can be very disheartened and very discouraged. And I think many of us could have felt that way this last year. But I think it's now time to start taking courage taking heart if you haven't already, and remind ourselves that we are called to sow the seeds of the kingdom, and we are called to allow the seeds to be sown in us. And so what I'd like to do this morning is talk a little bit more about our ministry theme for the year, but I want to do so by looking at the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verses 1 through 20. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up at this time to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 20. So I'm going to go ahead and begin by reading the passage in its entirety, and then we will pray and get into our study and ministry theme for this year. So Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verses 1 through 20. This is the Word of God. And again, Jesus began to teach by the sea. And a great multitude was gathered to him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole multitude was on the land facing the sea. Then he taught them many things by parables, and he said to them in his teaching, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some fell on stony ground, where it did not have much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. But other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some thirty-fold, some sixty, and some a hundred. And he said to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parable. And he said to them, To you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, all things come in parables, so that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear and not understand, lest they should turn and their sins be forgiven them. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word, and these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. But they have no root in themselves, and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. Now these are the ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world. The deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things entering in choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it and bear fruit, some 30 fold, some 60 and some a 100. This is God's word. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning and we are so thankful looking back at all the crazy, tumultuous events of the year 2020. We are so incredibly thankful that you were faithful to your people, Lord, that you have never left us, you have never forsaken us, Lord, even if there are moments when it may have felt like it to some of us, Lord. Maybe there were moments when we felt confused, we didn't know what to do, we didn't know what was going on, we didn't know what the future was going to look like. But Lord, one thing we do know, and that is that you are ever faithful. You do not change. You cannot deny yourself. And so Lord, we thank you so much that you were faithful to your people in the past. And so Lord, we know that going into 2021, your past faithfulness demands our present trust and so lord i believe that you have a word for us today i believe you have a focus and a mission and a ministry for us this year lord i believe that as we were staggered by the barrage of events that happened in the year behind us lord we may not have been as fruitful as we could have been but lord i thank you that you are a god of second chances I thank you, Lord, that you are calling all of your people today to respond to your word, to respond to the seed of the kingdom, to make sure that the word of God is still to this day being sown in them, and that we respond in kind and share the seed of the word of God with the world around us. So, Lord, we pray you would enable us by your Holy Spirit not only to understand what you would say to the church today, but that you would launch us forward this year with an opportunity to sow the seeds of the kingdom and to keep the main thing, the main thing. So Lord, help us to seek your kingdom. Bless us now in Jesus' name, amen. Again, friends, just one more time, our ministry theme for the year 2021 is going to be Sow, S-O-W-S, Share the Seed of God's Word, O, offer your gifts and talents for God's kingdom. W, worship the Lord consistently and fervently. So one of the things I wanted to share is in 1557, so this is 40 years after Martin Luther famously nailed his 95 theses to the door of the Wittenberg Church in Germany, And symbolically, this sort of launched the Protestant Reformation throughout Europe. And one of the stories that uh, emerged from the Protestant Reformation was the parable of the sower. As a matter of fact, that parable of the sower was famously captured in 1557, 40 years after Martin Luther's famous act in Germany, and a Dutch-Flemish painter by the name of Peter Bruegel painted his famous scene, simply called The Parable of the Sower. Now, if you can see in the bottom left-hand corner of this famous painting is a simple peasant sower. He is just a simple man, and he is sowing out In the fields. Now, in the background, you'll notice that the artist Bruegel was not at all attempting to be historically accurate as far as the Gospels were concerned. He is not trying to locate Jesus' parable of the sower in first century Palestine, but rather what Bruegel is doing is theology. That is, he is taking the timeless truth of the Bible and of the story of Scripture, and he's transposing it. He's reimagining that same story in his present day Environment. And so, what is pictured is probably a little village strung along the river there in the center of your screen that he probably grew up around. So, he's seeing the parable of the sower in his own time and his own place and in his own context. You'll see those mountains in the upper right, and most uh, art history. Scholars note that this probably was the result of his journey over into Italy in which he crossed the Alps, and so he was impressed by the Alps, and he includes it there. Now, as we've already seen the sower in the bottom left-hand corner of your screen, you'll see that there's a river running through the middle, and if you'll notice to the right, there's a crowd gathered on the beach there on the riverbank, and there are a couple of boats And what's happening there is that is the very scene in which our story today unfolds. We see crowds here in this painting gathered to hear Jesus, and Jesus is preaching from one of those boats there right off the bank of the river. And again, one of the things that impressed me about this painting is the idea that the truth of the parable of the sower is just as true in our day as it was in the time of Jesus. And so we want to be reminded that this story that we're reading, the parables that unfold, the truths that they contain are just as true for you and I today. And we have to constantly be reading the Bible, studying the Word of God, situating it, yes, in its early original context, but we cannot leave it there. We cannot leave the Bible in its original context. We begin there, but we don't end there. We can only end when that story has come forward into our own lives, and it actually begins to shape what we do, what we think, what we desire, and what we hope for. So what I want to do right now is I want to comment on what's happening here in this famous parable of the sower, and I want us to think about this story in terms of both input and output. Think of this story and this idea of sowing in terms of both input and output. In other words, the seeds have to continually be sown in you and I, continually, This is not a story once upon a time in the past. It's a story for today. In other words, there's a real test today that when this seed is sown in you, it's being sown in you today, how are you responding? It's not enough that we say, oh, 30 years ago, I was good ground. I received the word gladly and I even bore some fruit. But today... We become like the thorny ground where the cares of this world and other things, things going on around us, current events, they so choke out the life of the word that we bear no fruit. So we need to think of this sowing process as not just an activity that we're doing, but something we're receiving. There's input involved with this continual sowing process. But of course, after this seed has been sown in us, there is output. There is intended to be output. We then, you all, are then intended to sow these seeds of the kingdom in the opportunities and spheres of influence that God has given you. So let's go ahead and just look through this wonderful, amazing, central parable to the ministry and teaching of Jesus. So if you begin in chapter 4, verse 1, It says, and again, Jesus began to teach by the sea and a great multitude was gathered to him so that he got into a boat, sat in it on the sea, and the whole multitude was on land facing the sea. Again, you'll notice that that was captured in that painting by Bruegel. The crowds gathered to Jesus so much so he had to get into a boat to kind of escape them pressing in on him and uh, probably to allow more people to hear him. It was a, a makeshift pulpit of sorts. Uh, but what's interesting to me about Jesus is, unlike many speakers and preachers today who are content with the crowds, they just want to draw on the crowds and then do whatever we got to do to keep the crowds, one of the things that's been impressed upon me is Jesus did not do that. The crowds were attracted to Jesus. Now, that's certainly true. But Jesus refused to leave them as they were. Over and over and over again, Jesus would teach in such a way that the crowds would slowly be offended and would slowly go away, down to where there was only a handful of followers of Jesus left towards the end of his ministry. And that is because Jesus was well aware, and John in his gospel records this in chapter 2, verse 29, where people are following Jesus, but it says Jesus knew what was in their heart. In other words, Jesus knows why you're there. He knows why you're attending church. He knows why you do religious activities or whatever it is. He knows if you're doing it for yourself or if you're doing it for him. Two very different things. Outwardly, sometimes we can't tell the difference. If a person's going to church, how in the world do we know if they're doing it for Jesus or it's just for themselves, getting what they want or whatever the case might be. But notice that Jesus is never content with leaving the crowds as they are. He will always teach them in a convicting manner so that their own hearts are going to be displayed by sort of a forced response. And so that's what's happening at this moment. In verse 2, it says, Then he taught them many things by his parables, and he said to them in his teaching. And again, one of the keys to interpreting parables is it's about one main thing. That that's one of the keys to interpreting parables. It's not to find meaning in every single little detail. That would be more like allegory and the New Testament doesn't employ allegory much at all. I think Paul mentions it once. In his letter to the Galatians but for the most part it's not the same thing as allegory parable is a little bit different it is chiefly about one main thing and uh, many times details will simply be given to paint a background in order to set up whatever the main point is now I won't belabor the first part of the parable because I know we've read it and many of you are familiar with it but let's just be reminded of what's happening here so there's this sower and he goes out And he seems to be sowing seeds all over the place. Uh, Again, don't want to read too much into should the sower have been doing that, why was he doing that, all these kinds of things. Um, But I, I do think it's worth pointing out that the sower is obviously somewhat indiscriminate about where he sows the seeds. Um, So in other words, that's important. Just because there are these four kinds of soil and three of them in the end are not going to be fruitful doesn't mean, therefore, you you try to find out who they are in advance, hold on to your seeds and go, "Uh, you look like stony ground. I'm not going to throw any seeds. So uh, I I think we're encouraged that we want to be liberal in our sowing of the seed of God's word so that that goes for you as well as for me that we want to just be sowing seeds whether it looks like someone who will respond or it looks like they won't or they say they want to hear the word or they say they don't just try to sow the seed of the word of God because I think in the end you really don't know until there's a response. You really don't know up front until there's a response. So the sower is just indiscriminately sowing seeds everywhere. And I do think that's important for us. We need to be sowing seeds just all over the place, wherever you can, whether it's, you know, especially with what's gone on with COVID, whether it's in person or online, however, however you connect with other human beings, just look for ways, look for constant opportunities to be sowing seeds of the kingdom. So the sower goes out to sow. We know there's four kinds of ground. One is good and three are bad. I, I want you to notice that. You know, what are, the, what are the odds as it were? And again, I don't think it always works out this way. I, I think there can be uh, amazing moments and movements of God's spirit where it seems like there's uh, just an abundance of harvest. But keep in mind, generally speaking, out of these four kinds of ground, only one is actually fruitful in the end. There's three kinds that uh, ultimately they're, they're not fruitful. For various reasons and so I, I want us to keep an eye on that because I, I think God's people need to know that before they become discouraged because you can be sowing the seeds of the kingdom and for the most part you're not seeing the return that you want well Jesus told you that in advance just a heads up Jesus told you and I this in advance that as is you're sowing seeds of the kingdom throughout the course of your life know that there's four kinds of ground Three of those are not going to respond, or even if they look like it, in the end, they walk away, they don't bear fruit, they're not the good soil that Jesus talked about. I think it's also a reminder that um, I think we should be asking, what kind of soil do I have in my heart today? Again, as I said earlier, not what kind of soil did I have 30 years ago, 10 years ago, five years ago, before 2020, whatever. Uh, The question is this morning, Today, when you're watching this video, what is the condition, the soil condition of your heart this morning? Because I believe the Word of God, as often as we gather, if that's every Sunday, if that's every Wednesday or whatever time we listen to the Word of God together, those should be opportunities for you to reflect on what kind of soil does my heart have? Are you hardening your heart to the Word of God because things haven't gone your way? Are you uh, becoming unfruitful because things out in the world are preoccupying your mind and your heart? So these are for us to be considering constantly throughout our Christian life, and that should never, ever stop. So we see these four kinds of ground, and Jesus will ultimately unpack those. And by the way, I'd like to point out, because some people stumble over the citation of Isaiah chapter 6 verses 9 and 10, where it sounds like the purpose of the parable is to prevent people uh, from understanding the mysteries of, of the kingdom of God. And I would say, I, I think it's more a matter of revealing that the parables were designed to reveal the conditions of people's heart. That's more the point. And how do I know that? Well, first of all, make the observation that nobody understood the parables. Notice that. Nobody understood the parables including Jesus own disciples so it wasn't just like oh well, god's like i don't like these people i do like these people so i'm not going to they're not going to understand but these people will actually nobody understood notice the difference between the disciples those who are genuinely seeking Jesus and those who are not those who are not seeking Jesus when Jesus puts forward an enigmatic story they're like uh oh, whatever i'm i don't want to i don't want to know I heard you, but I really don't want to know what this means and how it would apply to my life. I I heard you. I can say that I heard you. I can tell somebody I was a good little boy, good little girl. I went to church, but I really don't want to know what it means and I don't want to apply it to my life. However, notice the disciples, they didn't understand it, just like everybody else. But what did they do? They followed up with Jesus and they said, we want to know more. We heard you like the crowds we didn't understand you but we're not going to just walk away see the crowds were always going to walk away they don't want to know more they don't want to do it they don't want to bear fruit but the disciples actually press in and say what did you mean what did you mean when you said that what who's the sower what's the seed what kind of ground Are you talking about me? Could I be the bad soil? I love to think I'm the good soil, but am I the thorny soil today? So that's what a disciple does. And so I think this is actually paradigmatic for us following Jesus and hearing the word of God and wrestling over its meaning and applying it to our life. It's a constant pursuit of God, as A.W. Tozer said. So in the second half of this parable, Jesus unfolds and unpacks what each each one of these kinds of soil actually refer to in the human heart. So again, four kinds of soil. Let's just go over these briefly. So number one, we have the seed sown on the wayside. Number one, we have the seed sown on the wayside. And we might refer to this as the hard heart. This This is the kind of person that doesn't want to hear it. They, they, they don't want to hear it at all. You you share with them, or or they hear the hear a message on the radio, they watch a sermon online, something like that, They hear, and, and that's it. They don't want to hear anymore. Nope, nope, no, yeah, I, I hear you. You read the Bible to me, but it means nothing. I'm not going to respond. I'm not going to live by it. I don't want to hear it again. I'm not going to go to church. Nope, 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 nope. That is a hard heart. That is this kind of seed by the wayside. So there's going to be those people in your life that uh, and again, per, per, perhaps for yourself, and we always want to be careful. I don't want to become this person who hears the words like "Yeah, whatever," I, I, you know, just not going to do it. We we don't want to get to that place. And I have seen, and I'm sure you have too, people who've been named who are professing Christians, or at least at one time they were. They walked among us. They were parts of churches and ministries, and yet they departed. So we we never want to take for granted. Um, that we're, we're always the good soil. We want to be humble. I'm not saying be doubtful or fearful or, or paranoid, um, but I just want to say be humble and recognize that we, we must constantly as a child be yielding to the Holy Spirit and to the Word of God as it's sown into the soil of our hearts. So number one, there's that seed sowed by the wayside, and we can call that the hard heart. Uh, number two, we have the seed sown on stony Ground, And we can refer to this as the shallow heart. It's a shallow reception of the word of God. So notice that this is actually characterized by people who receive it. Notice that verse 16. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground who when they hear the word, listen to this immediately receive it with gladness. Now, I've noticed in my Christian life and journey um, that many people get very, very overly optimistic when somebody initially responds to the word of God with gladness. Oh, you know, hey, hey, this Jesus, do you want this? Oh, yes, I do. Um, but but hold on, and again, I'm I'm not saying don't be hopeful uh, or that we don't proceed based off of what I can tangibly, visibly see. I think you I think you have to at some point. B- but be mindful of this parable of the sower, because I've seen so many times throughout my Christian life, through ministry in various churches, including very very large ministries, where we have people come forward literally every week, and I know that's exciting to see people come forward, raise their hand. Uh, profess that they're giving their lives to Christ. Um, but as someone who used to lead the follow-up groups to these things, I know that many times the, these people, they received it that night, and then you you never see any fruitfulness in their lives. They don't get plugged in to a church. They don't start reading the Bible. They're not being rightly taught the Word of God. They are not submitting to church leadership. They do not have mutual accountability. And so we we want to be guarded optimists, About people's responses to the Word of God for the very reason that Jesus taught us to be so. If He didn't want us to be guarded optimists, then He shouldn't have told us the parable of the sower, because that's exactly what it does. It helps us to understand. He's telling His disciples, look, just as you're going to see me do this, because Jesus is the first sower, right? He's the sower in this parable. But he's also saying, not only is this going to help you interpret my own ministry, it's going to help you interpret your ministry, because there's going to be people who don't want to hear it. We've already discussed them, seen some by the wayside, but you're also going to see people who receive it gladly, and you're going to think, oh, good, job's done. I can move on to the next person. uh uh, uh. you got to be very careful. These people now need to be discipled. They need to become members of local churches. They need to be taught the word of God. They need to come under the authority of church leadership. They need mutual accountability. They need to be doing ministry. They need to be bearing fruit in their lives, both in their character and in their activity. So again, just recognize there can be that initial response, and and it's very, very exciting. Uh, Unfortunately, oftentimes, it proves to be shallow ground. It is a shallow reception, what we might call superficial. It sounds nice. Uh, You know, God getting me out of a jam I got myself in, yeah, that sounds wonderful and great, but that's not the same thing as me recognizing that whether God gets me out of a jam or not, he is Lord, and I am a sinner, and I owe him my life, and if he gives me no other blessing the rest of my life than the forgiveness of my sins, I am more eternally rich and blessed than I could ever deserve. But a superficial response to the gospel doesn't see it that way. They'll receive the gospel with, well, hey, you know, I'll relieve you of a guilty conscience. I'll get you out of jail. I'll give you more money in your bank account. I'll bring your wayward spouse back, whatever the case might be. So a shallow heart is somebody probably that is accepting it based on temporal conditions. If God will do this and change this in my life and give me more money and give me more health, healthy and wealthy, then I'll follow him. Uh, uh, Uh-uh-uh. Because many times in life in 2020 did this For I'd say most people it kind of wrecked that idea and so there's gonna be many people walking away from true Christianity and from the true gospel because of what they've experienced but friends Jesus warned us about this that is because they had a shallow superficial reception of the gospel and we have to make sure that's not the case for you and I we want to make sure look I'm not just a fair-weather Christian where I'm following Jesus and I'm serving God and loving God and giving and serving and sacrificing and doing all this just because I'm getting temporal benefits for it. What if I'm not? What if the opposite? What if, I'm, what if it's not good or hard or painful or whatever it is? Will I keep doing it? And so that is a test of this condition, whether we are the seed sown on stony ground where it responds initially, but it is shallow and so it does not continue. The third seed is the seed sown among the thorns, and I think probably this is one of the most applicable to the American church today, the seed sown among thorns, and I highly encourage you to read this one with me. Look at verses uh, 18 and 19. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. They're the ones who hear the word, so they're they're hearing it, They'll, they'll hear the word. But then the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things, they enter in, they choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Listen, listen to that description again, because I think it's a little more scary and challenging than I think many people realize Uh, For many people, they think of of blatant, obvious sins and and those things choke it out. Notice it's far more subtle than that and affects far more believers. Listen again to what he said. The cares of this world. Does that mean bad things per se? What's a care of this world? Well, your house, your car, your your clothes, your, your retirement. I mean, those are cares of this world. Those aren't bad things listen those aren't bad things the cares of this world by the way the word world there's actually eon it's this age it's it's referring this idea of that this age is passing away and it's the idea of people being preoccupied with things that don't last that's the point it's not that they're bad houses are not bad cars are not bad your clothes are not bad your well it depends what you're wearing but uh, your your retirement that's not a bad idea okay But what it means is being preoccupied with those things, caring so much about things that you cannot take with you when you die, that you are not being presently fruitful, sowing seeds for the kingdom, allowing God to sow a seed in you because of these things. Notice how general this is. and I I think this is a challenge for all of us, myself included, the deceitfulness of of riches many people have seen the deceitfulness of riches this last year while it's true that m- many in big tech have done very very well over the course of this pandemic most people and small business owners have not done well they and i think people they can see you know look i was i was building this whole life based on this economy working and the government working a certain way and, and I just assumed it would always work. And now it's not working. And people are starting to see, look, these things, these systems you trust in, they are not ultimately trustworthy. And while it's perfectly fine and even reasonable to try to make them more trustworthy than they presently are, it's an illusion to think you can make them completely trustworthy. Because nothing in this world is forever. Nothing. And nothing in this world is without sin either. So again, it's this idea of the deceitfulness of riches. And so even if we've gone through a a bad season, God can use it for a good purpose to make us say, hey, don't trust in your money. At the end of the day, don't don't trust in that. Don't trust in accumulating these things for yourself. They do not save you and they cannot be taken with you. And lastly, he says, and the desires for other things. How, How general is that? Jesus, what things? What things, Jesus, did you mean? Jesus says, other things. What other? It, it could be uh, p- politics. It could be what's going on with you know people around you and in your, in your work and sports or any, any other thing. Any other. Fill in the blank would be another way of wording it. Fill in the blank. Anything else that preoccupies your heart, clutters your heart, so that you are no longer chiefly concerned about sowing the word and having the word sown into you. Whatever is getting in the way of that is something we are being warned about. And we can tell ourselves, well, it's okay, it's not a bad thing, this, that, and the other. Jesus is saying it's bad if it does this. If whatever these other things are in your life prevents you from being fruitful, from sowing the seeds of the kingdom and having the seeds sown into you, then you need to do something about it this year. Do something about it. For some of you, it might be something you got to get rid of. You got to stop watching that. You got to stop listening to that. You got to stop doing that. For others, maybe it's it's more of a tempered approach. Maybe it's, uh, it's not that I need to completely throw this out, but it it can't, it can't be as much. It can't be every day. It can't be all day. It can't be that many hours. I've got to limit it, and I've got to make sure that the seeds of the kingdom, sowing them and being sown into, are primary, and that I am bearing fruit in my life. So these are the three negative kinds of soil conditions of human hearts that we can experience. Again, this is in terms of both what we see when we attempt to sow the seed and do ministry, but also even for you to think about today and to be asking yourself constantly whenever you hear the word of God, what soil am I today? Let's look at the fourth and final soil. Verse 20. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. Some 30 full, some 60, and some 100 now, notice there's three things that a person whose heart is good soil does that characterizes them. Verse 20, they hear the word. You got to keep on hearing it. Don't disconnect from Bible teaching. Look, if we can't meet in person, be consistent and committed to hearing online. It's still the word of God. It does not cease to lose its power when it's online. That, that is a lie from Satan that God's word is only powerful, it's in a certain place or a certain time. No, friends, the word of God is ever powerful, always powerful. And so we must keep hearing the word of God. We cannot stop that for any excuse or any reason whatsoever. So keep on hearing the word of God. Number two, they accept it. They receive it. Don't just hear it and give yourself a point for hearing it, but then you don't accept it. You reject it. No, I don't need to listen to that. I'm not going to believe that. I, I reject this. We're called to receive it. Accept it into your life. Receive it as truth. That's what we're called to do. Receive it as truth, God's truth. And thirdly, bear fruit. Now, bearing fruit is multifaceted. Uh, I notice many people tend to think of bearing fruit as as kind of outward activity. You know, how many people have have you led to the Lord? How big is your ministry, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And I'd say that kind of thing is included, but it's definitely not the only thing. One of the things that's actually prominent in the New Testament is this idea of fruit being character. That the fruit of the Spirit, Paul says in Galatians, is love, joy, peace, patience, faithfulness, gentleness, Self-control. This is the fruit of the Spirit. So we should be producing this kind of character in our lives. Now, I believe that's actually, let me suggest this, I believe that's primary. I believe ministry results is secondary for the reasons we just read. Namely, soil conditions of human hearts are outside our control. Okay, that, I, I think the parable makes it, you're not in control of whether someone's heart is thorns or stony ground or wayside or good ground. Okay, you're not in charge of that. So we, we have to be careful on outward visible results. Number one, the fruit of the Spirit is character. It's the kind of men and women we become. So we have to make sure we're practicing living according to the word, hearing it, accepting it, and live it out. Don't be just hearers of the word on Sundays and Wednesdays or any other time. Be doers of the word. Just do it in your life. And then secondarily, yes, it does have to do uh, outwardly with activities, whether you're involved in Ministering to to our church body here, hosting a community group, leading worship, leading prayer uh, ministries, helping out, uh, donating items uh, for for gift drives, or, or whatever it is we're doing. Uh, for others, they have their own nonprofit ministry. For others, uh, they they minister and through their business, they have business relationships. Their business is not a Christian business in the sense it's it's not. Uh, overtly religious, but namely through the exchange of goods and services, relationships are being formed, trust is being formed, and through those bridges of trust, the truth of God's character and hope are shared at some time in some way or another. So, of course, there's going to be activity and things that we are doing and some visible fruit that we can see from that. But again, friends, let me say that number one is who you become. That's number one. There's going to be no excuse, even if everything's going great outside and you got lots of ministry fruit results, but if you're becoming more and more corrupt in your character, then you're not hearing and accepting the word of God the way that it is meant to. So remember, we need the seeds sown into us so that we become the kind of people God wants us to be. And in turn, our activity should always be sowing seeds of the kingdom throughout all of our opportunities that God gives us. So, again, friends, as we go throughout this year, our ministry theme once again will be sow, S O W. S, share the seed of God's word. What I want to encourage you to do throughout this year is be sowing those seeds of the kingdom. Just be thinking about that. Don't be so preoccupied with how people might respond. Remember that the sower in the parable is sowing all over the place. He's sowing indiscriminately. You have no idea, honestly, up front, whether someone is stony ground, thorny ground, wayside, or good ground. You don't know. So just sow, friends. Sow liberally. Sow the seeds of the Word of God, whatever your position. It it, it doesn't have to be a church position or, or a formal ministry position. It may be, but whatever the case is, friends, this year... Make it your purpose to sow the seeds of the Word of God. Share it somehow, some way. God's truth, the truth of the Bible, the truth of what God has said, sow it into lives. Don't be so preoccupied with politics and what's going on in government and the economy. Those things matter. Don't get me wrong. I think they do. But do not allow them to become thorns that choke out your fruitfulness for God. So make sure you're sowing seeds throughout your the course of this year. And make sure, conversely, remember I said input and output. Just as you're sowing the seed, friends, allow the seed of the word to be sown in you. Whatever the, the course of things are this year, and obviously we want to try to move more and more into in-person gatherings. So whether that's our monthly in-person Sunday gathering, our community groups, which we will be launching very, very soon, next week or two, Again, we're going to have those opportunities, but even if it's online, whatever the case is, purpose in your heart, the point is, it's not about whether I, the world is the way I want it to be. The point is, I, you, need the seed of the word of God to be sown in you. You need it. And so do not detach yourself from it because that's positioning yourself to be ground that is not fertile for God's seed. So we want to be sowing seeds of the word this year. Oh, offer your gifts and talents for God's kingdom. It's important to not be spectators. We are to be participants. We're not supposed to be up in the stands and and not doing anything. Offer your gifts and talents for the kingdom. Again, it's quite clear in this world that there's nothing in this world, temporal things we can take with us. So make sure this year you go all in on Jesus. Don't pull back. I know many people are doing that as they see what's going on and what happened last year and what all is going on in the culture. I'm going to start pulling back more and more from God's kingdom. Friends, that is the opposite response of what Jesus Is calling us to do we need to be offering ourselves our lives our gifts our talents our resources do it more not less the time is short that is abundantly obvious to me and again whether that means my life my life is short I don't have forever Uh, what's going on in the grand world stage we don't have forever there either so friends it is not time to pull back it is high time to go all-in on Jesus so as a part of sowing The seeds of the kingdom and being sown into, offer your gifts and talents and resources to God this year in practical, tangible ways. And remember, this is not just about the growth of the kingdom outwardly. It's about the growth of the kingdom in you. Because this is what the seed of the word of God does in a heart that is good ground. If it goes in and a heart receives it, you want to give to God. You want to serve God. You want to take what God's given you and you want to invest it in his kingdom. So we need to make sure that we continue doing that this year. Lastly and thirdly, W, we want to worship the Lord consistently and fervently. Again, I know, like I said, with format changes, oh, it's online, oh, we're doing it once more, we're doing it here, there, whatever. Um, for many people, and I understand this, I really do, and I'm sensitive to it, that uh, it's very easy to develop a sense of inconsistency. And so, one of the things I, I believe that we're called to do this year is be consistent in our worship of the Lord, uh, make it a priority, whatever it is for you, whatever your schedule allows for stick with that commit to that and stick with it so if it's sunday morning at 10 a.m do it and and don't come up with oh i'm going to sleep in today or oh it's online so i don't really need to do it no it, it's important to make it a priority that's the point it's not merely practical oh i can do it later or i've heard a lot or whatever no it has to do with your heart it has to do with your heart and the soil conditions being right so whatever it is, and maybe you need to do that today, what's my, my worship priority going to be? Can I do Sunday mornings at 10 a.m.? Well, then I'm going to stick with it. It's a priority. Is it Wednesday nights at 6.30? Is it uh, the, the women's group or, or men's group or community? Whatever it is, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to stick with it. And I'm not going to just allow whatever in the world happens constantly to derail that so that it no longer, the worship of God is not a priority. And to do so fervently. Remember, regardless of the medium, uh, whether it's online or in person, or it's this worship leader or that one, or they've got this program or that program, friends, at the end of the day, it's about you and your heart. For somebody who doesn't really want God, there's nothing in the world that's going to make a difference. No amount of production, no matter how many hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars you pump into a, a spectacle of some kind, at the end of the day, if a person doesn't want God in their heart, none of that matters. At the end of the day, if a person is desperate for God, if their hearts have come to a place where they pant for the water brooks as a deer, that's how their soul is thirsting for God, then they will receive it from anyone who gives it. So friends, let's worship consistently, and let's do it fervently. Put your heart into it. Be taking notes during your Bible studies. Lift up your hands. Even if you're at home, lift up your hands when you're worshiping. Sing. If you don't normally, maybe you're one of those, you, you know, if we were meeting in person, you wouldn't be singing. Sing at home. Sing. Sing to the Lord. Put your heart into it. I believe that this year, is to be one of sowing. Let us reprioritize. If we in any way lost our priorities in 2020, let us regain them in 2021. Let us make sure that our hearts, because of the affairs of the world and the economies of men, that our hearts have not become wayside, nor stony, nor thorny, but that our hearts to this day and this year have and will always be good soil for the master's use let's pray Heavenly Father I just thank you and praise you for this opportunity to have the Word the seed of the Word of God sown into our hearts Lord I pray by your Holy Spirit you would till the ground of our hearts that Lord if we are stony ground if we are thorny ground this morning Or if we are the wayside, Lord, I just pray you would change the conditions of our heart. I pray that you would create in us fertile ground for the seed of the word of God. Lord, I pray that we would respond today, that we would say yes to you. Yes, Lord, I hear your voice. I hear that the seed is the word of God and I must respond to it. It is not safe nor right for me to harden my heart or to be obsessed with other things. Lord, help us to prioritize your word and your kingdom, for they alone last forever. So Jesus, I pray as we go into 2021, that you would continue to sow your seed into our hearts. That we would continue to sow, Lord, the seed of the word of God with everyone we come across, Lord. We would continue to offer ourselves our gifts, our talents, our resources for the spread and furtherance of the gospel. And Lord, that we would worship consistently and fervently together in order to bring glory and honor to your name throughout the world. Lord, we just ask for a blessing on my brothers and sisters this new year. Thank you for this second chance you've given each and every one of us, and we pray that we would seize it for the glory of your name. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Again, friends, I am excited about 2021 for a number of reasons. Again, we're slowly moving back into some more regular rhythms. Community groups will be starting up in the next one to two weeks, so we'll get you uh, more information about that very, very soon, so you're going to be able to start gathering together again in small groups. Again, we've got our monthly... Uh, in-person services and one of the cool things I want to do is while we'll still be going back through the book of Exodus and we'll finish that uh, approximately once a month we are going to have a special message related to our ministry theme so SOW. And so this month, January on the 24th, we're going to have a special guest speaker and he's going to be talking about S he's going to be talking about sharing the seeds of the kingdom, so uh, our special guest speaker, former U.S. Navy SEAL Chad Williams, and uh, current evangelist, will be sharing about uh, how we can go about sowing seeds of the kingdom in other people's lives. Talking about some uh, biblical and spiritual issues, and also some practical tools on how we can overcome our our own reluctance to share the seeds. Of the kingdom so that's going to be great and we'll be doing that in february and in march we'll have somebody come and speak on o on offering ourselves our gifts and talents for service to the kingdom and then in march have somebody come out and talk about Uh, worshiping the Lord consistently and fervently. So it's going to be exciting. We'll keep reinforcing this theme of sowing um, throughout the year. believe that's the picture. That's the image. That's the truth that God's put on my heart. And so I want us to stay focused on that. Just be sowing the seeds of the kingdom. Keep the main thing, the main thing. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things will be added unto you. For those of you that would like to continue your worship this morning and you can do so through ties and offerings Uh, for those of you that would like to do that there's two ways that you can do that Uh, first of all you can go on to our image church face excuse me our website which is imagechurchoc.com and there's a giving tab up at the top and you can click there and you can give either using your debit or a credit card the second way is you can actually mail in a check or money order to our church mailing address which is 27762 Antonio Parkway. L is in Larry 514. And that's Ladera Ranch, California, 92694. Again, all that information I'm giving is available on our website, imagechurchoc.com. Uh, if any of you need prayer or if you have a Bible question, feel free to send us a message one of two ways. You can either use our Facebook Messenger app through the Image Church OC Facebook page and you can let us know how we can pray for you or any questions we can answer for you. Uh, the second way is you can email us at information at imagechurchoc.com that's information at imagechurchoc.com and of course we'll be having our first wednesday night study of the new year this coming wednesday at 6 30 p.m pacific standard time so i encourage you to join us for that as well again everyone 2021 is an opportunity For God to do a new work in our lives, for us to reprioritize, to sow the seeds of the kingdom and to allow the seeds to be sown into us. I look forward to what God is going to do in our lives this year. Now may the grace and truth of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. God bless you all. Thank you so much for joining. If this message was a blessing to you, go ahead and like, comment, or share our post and help us get the seeds of the kingdom out to as many people as we can. God bless you all.